Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome back to the Transient Identity Podcast, where we chronicle and, and discuss and talk about all things consumer. Uh, today, I have the, uh, the the fortunate pleasure of being joined by Melissa Tabs. Is that how you pronounce your last name? That is. Yes. 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 She is the founder of Tipsy Scoop. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a good one. So uh, hello, uh, Melissa. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. So uh, we'll get into uh, you know a bit of the scenario that you find yourself in because you actually are based in New York. But uh, you know today what I want to do is kind of give uh, the, the, the guests a little bit of a preamble of what we're talking about. So Tipsy Scoop is one of the few liquor-infused ice cream or, or creamery brands. I'm not sure how the, the, the category is defined in the U.S. And, and it's like it's not every day you read about a, a direct-to-consumer ice cream business, but that's exactly what Tipsy Scoop is. It, your, your primary model is not trying to be in all your local grocery stores, bodegas, but obviously the liquor infusion sort of uh, <laughs> mandates a, a certain approach to connecting with the consumer anyway. So we've watched the evolution of liquor, in, in particular in the food fusion scene, uh, for which it's not just a complimentary element sitting on the table. It's literally part of uh, the, the ingredients and something. So we've seen it go from just your happy hour to, you know, mocktail hours to the lunch cocktail to even integrating into that infamous cupcake wars that was going on between, I swear, D.C. and New York. <laughs> right. It's funny how time flies, but the things that we get into. So, you know, let's just get into it. I mean, you know, tell us about how you came up with the business idea. I mean, what, what what's the genesis of it, if you say? Yeah, so um, ice cream making actually runs in my family from like back in the 1800s. Oh, wow. My family brought over um, gelato from Italy to Scotland. And at that time, gelato, you know, as itself was a very novel concept. Yep. Um, So we skipped a few generations. (laughs) My family had some lawyers and doctors, but I was always, you know, fascinated by this sort of rich ice cream history um, in the family and always trying to perfect my own homemade ice cream recipe, um, which I don't know if you've ever tried to make homemade ice cream, but very hard. That would that would be an epic fail for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely one of the most challenging things to make, um, especially in a, you know, um, Cuisinart, you know, tabletop ice cream maker. It's, yeah sort of impossible to get that creamy ice cream consistency that we all know and love. Um, So this was about, I think, 2014. I was working in um, primarily marketing for wine and spirits. Um, So I was very in the sort of cocktail world as well, Um, but continued to sort of play around with my ice cream recipes on the side. Um, and was noticing I just couldn't get my homemade ice cream recipe right. It was coming out really icy on the sides and just not the way I wanted it to. So initially I, I had read about um, a bunch of different ice cream recipes and that you know adding a, just a tablespoon of alcohol helped soften the ice cream to make oh, wow. it a little bit creamier. Okay. Um, so I started doing that and of course um, I was working in wine and spirits and I was lucky enough to bring home samples of different wine and spirits. All the time. <laughs> uh, that was really fun. Right. And I, I think 
what, one of my first flavors I started with was the dark chocolate whiskey salted caramel. So, Ooh, um, now that, making, that sounds good. Yeah, I was making a chocolate caramel ice cream and then, um, you know, decided to add the tablespoon of alcohol to soften. Um, and then, of course, whiskey is such a great flavor. And, um, you know, I really loved the pairing of like a dram of whiskey with um, a dark chocolate square. Um, so I wanted to add more whiskey because I wanted that flavor to come through a little bit more than just the tablespoon. Um, so that's really how it started. And I just started experimenting with that. And then, of course, um, ice cream, you know, liquor doesn't freeze. So there was the question of how can I put a substantial amount of alcohol in this um, and also not have the ice cream separate, have the alcohol actually churned into the ice cream mix. Um, at this point, it wasn't really a business idea at all. It was just kind of messing around. I was getting really into the idea of liquor infused foods um, <laughs> as kind of a thing I was using in you know, my marketing for wine and spirits. I was planning lots of events and we were doing bourbon wings and chambord crepes and all sorts of crazy things. So I thought, you know, this could be another cool thing. Um, the other thing that I really liked is that um, unlike a rum cake where the alcohol is burnt off once it's baked um, into a cake, you know, the alcohol wasn't, was maintaining its alcohol content. So um, at the end, you had a product that actually, you know, tasted boozy and had an alcohol content. So it was kind of this hybrid between cocktail and ice cream yeah um, and it's funny i've actually had rum cake when you cut it open you could literally see the rum like it was a sponge oh my gosh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because um and i don't i don't know if you've tried our ice cream but if you haven't i really must send you some i should have sent you some before this but um our ice creams are up to five percent abv so like the the alcohol flavor in the ice cream is not overpowering at all. It's not like biting into one of those truffles that oozes alcohol. Mm -hmm. It's really like integrated into the ice cream. And, you know, it's funny because when we have like 21 year olds celebrating their 21st birthdays coming in looking for, <laughs> you know, to really get really tipsy. <laughs> They might be like disappointed because it's more about like the flavors coming through um, in that last bite or in that aftertaste and um, a little bit more complex than just, you know, sort of, sort of getting you drunk. Um, right, right, right. Absolutely. No, it sounds fascinating. Might be a business expansion proposition later because I think uh, we're all living in those days where we need... <laughs> We need higher concentration to sort of ease the anxiety. We get into that a little bit later. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So take us through kind of the sort of, you know, fulfillment process. I mean, um, in in a sense that, you know, obviously you, you're making it homemade, essentially. Um, you know, someone places the order. I mean, it's it's ice cream. I know it's obviously time sensitive from a delivery standpoint. So how how does that work? You know, what are some of the, the, the nuances that have to be managed sort of in that fulfillment process, sort of supply chain and making sure that by the time product gets to someone, it's not spoiled, essentially? Yeah. So um, our so back in the day, um, you know, when I first started, we were making all the ice creams first in my kitchen and then in a commercial kitchen. 
Um, and then as we got bigger um, and started to add like wholesale accounts and do more shipping nationwide to consumers, catering and all of that, um, we started to work with a co-packer. Um, so how that works is you basically find like a big dairy plant um, that has massive machines to be able to produce like 500 gallons of a flavor at a time. Um, so that's kind of how our production is run. It's run by flavor and we have around 12 SKUs. Um, so every flavor is run quarterly. Um, okay. So that, you know, there's more consistency um, in terms of how the product is made. Um, and we can kind of estimate what we need production wise um, based on, you know, the previous year's volume. Um, but ice cream is the most challenging. Um, if I were to do something again, I would do like potato chips or something. <laughs> very sensitive because, you know, we have ice cream, our ice cream stores in uh, Las Vegas and Dallas and Myrtle Beach now. So that has to be transported there on a freezer truck. Wow. Um, and the freezer truck has to, you know, maintain that um you know the temperature of a freezer the whole time um and you know ice cream is very sensitive to uh temperature and if it you know even becomes a little bit hotter in the truck as it's opened and closed um you have the issue of that consistency being and texture being compromised um so you know it's definitely a challenge to make sure your product gets to people exactly how you want it. Um, then in terms of uh, shipping directly to consumer, we ship in insulated coolers in dry ice and we only ship overnight um, because we want to make sure it gets there and exactly how it's supposed to. Um, so definitely a lot of trial and error and trying to figure out like the best way to do that. Um, and you know, there's, there's always things that happen. I, I think everybody who works at Tipsy Scoop has anxiety about freezers <laughs> breaking <laughs> down. Um, right. Because that would just be like the worst thing in the world. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. If you were to describe kind of the fanfare around the brand, I mean, what is it, what do you hear most as to why people love, uh, uh, you know, Tipsy Scoop? Yeah, I mean, it's funny that you were talking about cupcakes earlier. I, I think that it's kind of like, a dessert that really ups the ante and if somebody's looking for like something unique and like really um like a cool way to celebrate this kind of a hybrid between a cocktail and a dessert um it's really like an awesome option we notice that our customers order from us for an occasion whether yeah. that be a graduation a birthday even just a date night it's always something around a celebration. Um, so it's really a celebratory product and yeah. um, is associated with that like fun excitement of celebrating something. Wow, good stuff, good stuff. Love to hear that. So, yeah. I mean, look, let's kind of get down to part of the real conversation. You know, you think about where we are now in the midst of, you know, COVID-19. You know, I, it, it's always interesting when any business owner has to sort of reassess the consumer psychology. You know, how does the business, the brand sit in the mindset of consumers, let's call it New Yorkers now, given that, you know, anxiety is, is so, you know, running so high in particular with New York kind of being the, the U S you know, 
epicenter. I mean, we know there's certain things that are on the upswing, but I know part of it is, look, people need to find ways, as, as many ways as possible to relax. So how have you thought about Tipsy Scoop kind of in that context? And have you made any any changes or in, as pertains to the business, the flavors, what have you, to really, I guess, be more of a, a supportive product during rough times than maybe a product that was it was purely purely about the the pleasure during the fun times. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's so it's so so crazy. I can't believe that like <laughs> three weeks ago was just three weeks ago because it seems like the whole world you know flipped upside down and we had to kind of start from scratch and in how we approached customers and and what we were offering. Um, and what we've really tried to do is note and noticed is that um, in New York City, you know, people want the convenience of, you know, you being able to deliver the product directly to them and um, quickly and, you know, with a variety of flavors and options, like they want that same experience that they would get in the store at home. And they're craving that because like anybody who lives in New York City like lives here for the fun and excitement of you know being able to go outside and get everything you need like instantly so we're kind of trying to provide like additional services for deliveries in boroughs we normally never deliver to um, just like really being there for our customers and being able to get to them and get them any ice cream they need to sort of just relax after, you know, working from home for the whole week. Um, Something else we decided, we started doing recently is, so we usually do ice cream making classes and ice cream cocktail mixology classes um, in store. Um, And obviously, you know, as of three weeks ago, we had to completely stop those. Um, And a bunch of people were signed up and they had to be rescheduled and, so we decided to do uh, virtual cocktail parties. So um, the SLA here recently said, you know, they were being a little bit more lenient about liquor laws. And now if you had a liquor license, you could do um, cocktails to go. Um, so what we've done with the virtual cocktail parties is people can either come pick up a cocktail ingredients kit with all the ice cream and booze and garnishes they need to make cocktails or we can deliver it to them. Um, and then they get a link to our Instagram uh, that goes live on Fridays at 6.30, can follow along and learn how to make two of our cocktails. And they have everything they need to make them. So that's been really fun. And we're just trying to sort of big, bring that like, not necessarily party, but sort of <laughs> relax thing like unwind try to have you know try to you know make the best of the situation while people are at home and looking for that extra comfort um yeah and you know i i think that's what people want right now um they want good food they want drinks and you know they want sort of some some comfort of knowing that some of the things that you know were available to them before are still available to them now Right, right. Now that's it's outstanding. I mean, I I, I love the pivot. Uh, you know, a lot of companies are trying to do this sort of virtual happy hours, and you know, people are trying to uh, translate social life to digital life. You know, for those who didn't have it, or they're trying to throw it in the overdrive. And you know, when you start to look at people doing virtual parties now, 
uh, and, you know, bring a cocktail to, 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 to the Zoom lock-in. <laughs> you know, I get, you can see in the, in the near future, uh, you know, Tipsy Scoop, you know, partner with some DJ to bring, uh, you know, bring, bring uh, the, 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 the cocktail hour with ice cream, uh, you know, to those people who need sort of a mental reset for the day. So look, it's, out, it's outstanding. I love what you guys are working on and uh, definitely going to keep in, you know, keep in touch in, in terms of how things sort of evolved to this scenario as we've still approach the peak of what we're going through with uh, COVID-19, but wish you the, the, the utmost success in that. And, uh, you know, thank you for joining the uh, podcast today. Yeah, of course. This has been fun. A nice break. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, until we talk again, be well. You too.